Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Pro Basketball Talk podcast here at NBC Sports. This is an all-star game edition where we're going to talk about the starters that were named. We're going to do a mock draft with Dan Feldman of NBC Sports and, and talk about, hey, who would we pick if we were Curry and LeBron? And then we'll get into who should be the reserves in the East and West, which, of course, go into one big pool and they're drafted. We'll get to all that in a few minutes with Dan Feldman. But first, just a reminder, if you're enjoying this podcast Please subscribe. <laughs> Please comment. Go to uh, applepodcast.com slash PBT on NBC. That's Pro Basketball Talk PBT on NBC. Again, subscribe, comment, and you can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on Google Play. Wherever you get your podcasts, we're there. Please check it out. Of course, you can find all our work, too, at NBCSports.com. And, well, let's start talking all-stars. And to break it all down, our man Dan Feldman from NBC Sports. How's it going today, Dan? Good. How are you? Doing good. All right. We're going to talk about the All-Star game. I guess we got to start with just saying who came in as the starters. Remember, this is a vote 50% from the fans, uh, 25% from the media, 25% from uh, current players uh, who made some, as always, a few interesting choices uh, out there. Um, Seti Osman (laughs) as a starter. Nonetheless, um, it went fairly predictably, I think, according to form. In the West, the starting guards are Stephen Curry and James Harden. The front court is Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, and DeMarcus Cousins. In the East, it is Kyrie Irving and DeMar Rosen as the guards. LeBron, Giannis, Antetokounmpo, and Joel Embiid are the front court. Now, it's a little different, of course. LeBron James and Steph Curry are the captains. They're going to pick teams, schoolyard style. They can choose from whichever conference they want. But among that, they're going to choose first from that pool of starters, then the reserves, and we'll get to them in a minute. From that pool of starters, I don't really have a problem with anybody who made it in. No, I don't either. I mean, I I probably wouldn't have picked DeMar DeRozan or DeMarcus Cousins myself. Uh, but those are guys who are right in the mix. Yeah, exactly. I, for the record, I was one of the media members with a vote. Uh, my East Coast, my East matched up well. It was tough to choose between DeRozan and Oladipo. And in the West, my only difference was that I didn't have Cousins starting, and I had Lamarcus Aldridge in there. But again, I think you can make a really good case for Cousins, who has better raw numbers than than Lamarcus. So. I, I I certainly don't have a problem with any of it. It it kind of follows form, and I think Steph Curry and uh, LeBron James being the two captains kind of makes sense. I mean, those are probably the two most popular players in the world. KD's the only, Durant's the only guy who could maybe make a case for that, but he was very happy not to be the guy choosing. 
<laughs> yes, he's definitely somebody who cares what other people think about him. And to ruffle those feathers and get caught up in all that drama, I think he just wants to avoid it. And, and, he, and he gets to. So uh, we are going to now make our mock draft of who, of who we would choose among the starters pool between Dan and I uh, for our all-star teams. And it's, it's unfortunately, this we will do it live, basically. We are willing to do it live on the air right here. Unlike the NBA, who is going to do this in some sort of secretive closed-door fashion so nobody's feelings are hurt. Dan, what do you think the odds are that the order gets out anyway? Very high. I mean, Adam Silver basically embraced it. He did an interview uh, on NBA TV talking about televising the draft. He's like, look, reporters are going to get it anyway. Like, I'm sure it'll get out. Uh, which to me suggests that maybe it's not the NBA as gung-ho about not televising it as it is the players' union. I would think that it could very well be the players' union and, and agents who just, you know, hey, I'm the agent, I don't know, I'm the agent of DeMar DeRozan or somebody, and I don't want to see my guy picked last, and so there's some pressure there just to save face, even though, look, I'm an all-star, the guy's an all-star starter, I, even an all-star period. It doesn't really, I don't really get it, but... Uh, egos get wrapped. I think the NHL did this one year, didn't they? I don't think the they, NHL they did, and they they did a lot. They had all the players there, and it was it was exciting. Yes, exactly. So I, and somehow they got over it. But here we are. We're going to do this behind closed doors and announce the team. Um, Dan and I decided. Hey, go ahead. Just real quick with the, with the agent idea and the players not wanting it. Like it could be a positive for them too to get picked. Like like look at first of all, like you said, they're already all stars. But look at somebody like Kent Bazemore. One of the first things a lot of people knew about Kent Bazemore uh, was how mad he was about his NBA rank on ESPN. He was in the four hundred somewhere. He like he knows the exact number. And yes. He really cared about it. And he became a good player in spite of that and really worked his way up. And that became his narrative. And that's a big reason he became known. It helped his popularity. Imagine the guy who's the last pick just dominating the All-Star game. What a cool story would that be? How great would that be for his popularity? Exactly. By the way, guys get really hung up on their, their either NBA rank and slash their 2K score. I mean, guys yeah. get really hung up on that. There's also another solution. Do you remember a few years ago when for the rookie-sophomore game, I, they had guys from TNT. I'm pretty sure it was uh, Charles Barkley and Kenny Smith. But some of yes, the two guys from yes. TNT were the coaches and they drafted. And what? I was so excited to see who the last picks would be and how that would get treated. And for the last four guys, they just assigned them randomly. No, Once you got down to the final four, nobody was actually picked. They just picked names out of a hat for, for which team those four guys would be on. And nobody had hurt feelings. Like, there are ways around this while still getting some of the excitement of a live draft. Yeah, exactly. You, I guess that that is an alternative that would have worked, too. So, Or we could just have Kenny and Charles choose it. They, could, they oh. can do the draft live on TNT. <laughs> that would actually be entertaining as well, with Shaq just throwing weird comments in from the side. So. <laughs> <laughs> want Shaq to be one of the drafters. I think I'd want it to be Shaq and Chuck, especially after last night, how they kind of went at each other uh, after as they were analyzing the starter picks. Yeah, exactly. Um, All right. Well, Dan and I decided, like I said, we are going to do our draft through the starters as if we were uh, LeBron and Curry, and we flipped a digital coin the other night. Dan Feldman has said he's wanted to go bald, so he wanted to be LeBron. (laughs) And so, um, even though I'm the guy who's actually bald, so... um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Dan, you uh, then, by virtue of getting more votes uh, by 100,000 or so, give or take, than me, you are now the uh, the person with the first pick in the draft. You are on the clock. All right. So I really want to take 
Lonzo Ball or some other Laker <laughs> spur all that talk. Unfortunately, none of them are available. So what's the best passive-aggressive move I can make? What's the other team I'm often linked to? I'm taking James Harden, and I'm immediately leaking it. I want everybody to know I like playing with James Harden. I want Houston to be ready to have cap space for me, because that could be a good space to go, place to go. And I want the Cavs on alert and doing everything they can to keep me, so that situation is more appealing. And it doesn't hurt that he, he might be the best player available, but I don't care about that so much. I'm taking Harden, and I'm leaking it immediately. <laughs> that is brilliant. Yeah, that'll be... Can you imagine? Because Daryl Morey's just jumping up and down like he'd tweet about it in four seconds. <laughs> um, By the way, my first reserve pick is going to be Chris Paul, just a heads up. <laughs> As it should be. It's, we're assuming Chris Paul makes the team. I guess he probably will. We'll get to the reserves in a minute. The reserve guards in the West is brutal. Yeah. Um, it's a brutal selection process. Um all right. Well, I actually think that that's. I love that you did that uh, with the number one pick, though. Now I'm Steph Curry, and I'm thinking I already got my guy. I'm going to keep him happy, so I will. Th- <laughs> I've got to keep Kevin Durant my guy. So I'm going to put Durant on my team with me. Uh, so I will take KD as my uh, as my first pick. Okay, that's that's what I expected. He is who I would have taken next, but that is what I expected. Figured that's where you'd go. So I'm going to take Giannis Antetokounmpo, number yeah. three. I love that he said he would draft me number one when he held the all-star lead. I, I kind of want to show that I'm not holding a grudge. He got more player votes than me. That kind of surprised me. So I, I want to be aligned with him. He's a bright, rising young player. And even if our paths never, never cross sharing a team, that seems unlikely. Marketing-wise and all that, I want to be aligned with Giannis and his rising star. Exactly. By the way, you mentioned Lonzo earlier. You know he finished, was it sixth in the fan voting in guards? Seventh? Like, ahead of Damian Lillard, ahead of, of people. Like. Well, look, look where he finished in player voting. So don't give me that it's just the fans getting carried away. Like, he finished strangely high in player voting. Like, people, including guys who play in this league, are getting wrapped up in the Lonzo Ball phenomenon. It's crazy. And look, he's a nice player, but he's just an... Oh, he's such a rookie, and it's it's so media. Yeah, I don't like it's an all star game, but I suppose it's I suppose we have to remember it is entertainment, and the fans should sort of get what they want. But that would be that you know the Zaza Pachulia situation <laughs> all over again. Or or how many years did Yao Yao Ming get a, voted into the all star game when he didn't play the first half of the season due to a foot injury? Um, yeah, those were rough. The late Iverson years and yeah, and the late Kobe years. The late were, Kobe years yeah. were definitely in there. Yeah, where they're they're kind of going in on their fame and and what they had done in the past. Um, if I'm going next, you know what? There's a lot of options out there, but I want the next bit. You know, it's not going to last forever with Golden State. I mean, we've got this thing together for another three, four years, but eventually this is going to break up, and I want to have a position with the next big guy. So I will take Anthony Davis off the board. Plus, like, I want to win this game, and Anthony Davis dropped 52 last year. <laughs> Granted, it was in New Orleans, and he was trying to impress the hometown crowd, but uh, Anthony Davis can score on anybody, and in the five minutes of this game at the end, when we decide to play defense, he'll be handy. Yeah, that's a good pick. That's kind of who I expected you to take. He wasn't quite as high on my board, uh, but I thought that's who you would take, Uh and I, I love that appeal of, of warming him up to, to the Warriors culture. Uh, I think I think I'm gonna take DeMarcus Cousins here. 
Yeah, uh, because we can we can spark some rumors about us going to the Lakers together or yes. Cleveland trading for him. Like this gets my name back in the headlines. We're kind of at a mishmash in the pool where there's there's nobody I really love. I think all these guys are somewhat equal. Yeah. Uh, so I'll take Cousins in, and I think that'll be a juicier storyline, and more people will be talking about me. Oh, they certainly will because you know everybody's. It's if you know, I still think Cousins ends up staying only because. New Orleans can't afford to lose him. They're not going to trade him. They can't afford to lose him. So they are just going to come in high and hard in July with a big contract. And I don't think anybody else wants to match it. Or maybe, would somebody like Dallas do that, do you think? Maybe. I mean, but obviously the Pelicans can offer more than than Dallas is allowed to. And, you know, it's really a choice the Pelicans have to make now before the trade deadline. If you keep him, you're basically committed to maxing him out there's really no way around it you're really stuck as a franchise if you don't in the summer so I think you have to make that choice now and if you're not willing to trade them yeah I think that they're all in obviously Oklahoma City's been all in what about Kemba first off Kemba would be great is exactly what they could use on the Pelicans I just don't see a way that they could arrange that deal to get done without moving cousins or getting into a three-way of some kind that would get very complex um I'm not. I'm curious where he lands up. I I think if if he gets moved, and that's still an if, the most logical call might be the Detroit Pistons, where you are in a deal that threw Reggie Reggie um, Jackson and some future pieces in there that could help them. Yeah, that makes some sense. I I would think there would be those talks. The catch is Reggie Jackson's contract is pretty expensive, and yes, uh, the Pistons have their own payroll problems. So uh, Adrian Wojnarowski reported today that at least it seems one of the things the Hornets are eager to talk about is dumping one of their other several bad contracts. The Pistons as it might should be, be a tough place to, to take that in. To me, I'd look at the Knicks. I think the Knicks are always willing to spend. Uh, they could wait around for cap space to try and chase somebody like Kemba Walker, or you could trade for him, take a bad contract with him, uh, and have a bloated payroll, but the Knicks probably don't mind that if you get a quality player. Yeah, but now what have you got to give up? Because if I'm Charlotte, yeah, I, you're going to have to give me whatever, but you know what? I'm going to ask for Nikila Like, I'm going to ask for Frankie Nichols out of this deal, and I don't know if I'm going to do that if I'm the Knicks. Like, and I'm, So now who else are you getting in there? Right, so it just kind of depends. I, I think the Knicks are very intriguing if they can look for a twofer of two guys who can accelerate their timeline because I don't think Kemba Walker is good enough to do it alone. But if, I don't know, one name I'd look at, and I don't think this would be part of a single trade, but I'm looking if I'm looking at a Knicks-Hornets trade, the Knicks have, obviously would have to send out some salary in addition to a young player like like Frank Nielakina or a draft pick. Uh, somebody making salary pretty similar to Kemba Walker is Courtney Lee, who yeah. I think would be a real nice fit on the Cavs, could, could solve some of their shooting guard problems. And potentially, I'm not saying the Cavs would ever trade Kevin Love for Courtney Lee straight up, but as long as we're getting more complex, like these are all kind of moving yeah. pieces that, that could land in a certain place. And if you're the Knicks and you have Porzingis and Kevin Love and Kemba Walker, that's a real interesting team to start. And so you'd obviously need to figure out, okay, well, what are the Cavs getting uh, beyond Courtney Lee for Kevin Love, like players who can help them now? Yeah. And you might have to rope another team that gets complex, but the moving pieces around there, I think, are intriguing. Yeah, there, there's some pieces there. I just don't know if the deal can get done. Uh, but I think that's one to watch. It like. It's kind of like the DeAndre Jordan thing, too, with the Clippers, where, look, the Clippers are listening to offers for Lou Williams and DeAndre Jordan, but the fact of the matter is that they're a borderline playoff team right now with an owner who doesn't really want to lose, 
So you're going to have to give them, like, you're going to have to give them an offer that really intrigues them right now. They're not just going to dump him to dump him, even though they could lose him this summer. So um, I think it's going to be the same thing with with the Hornets. Like, you can get Kemba. Yeah, you can get Kemba, but you're going to have to give us something of value. So back uh, back to our draft. You know, at this point, like you said, I think some of the players are pretty even. I want to have fun with this. I want to enjoy myself. I want the, you know, look, I want this to be, it's a work weekend technically, but it's, you know, it's mostly a party. So I'm bringing in Joel Embiid. And I'm going to see if I can get him a date with Rihanna, even if he doesn't want one. <laughs> you know, good, solid pick. But I, I think you went around this, about this the wrong way. And I'm so glad that you took Embiid because the very last guy on my board, I, you know, I'm thrilled to get DeMar DeRozan. Because he's from Southern California. He knows his way around to the party. You know, Joel, <laughs> exactly. He's gonna, That's a good he point. He'd be taking the shine off of me. He'd be out there on the court doing his antics. Like, it would take away from me. I don't want to deal with that. I Wait, you don't. I would much rather have the low key DeRozan, who seems like a nice guy to be around. So, wait, let me get this right. You're not going to take uh, Kyrie Irving and, and reunite Kyrie and LeBron for an All Star game? Uh, who's that? My board went seven deep. I, I don't know who you're talking about. Everybody's <laughs> off the board now. I. Yeah, he he he's a he's an up and coming player in Boston. He hasn't really done he's never really done anything on a big stage before. But uh, Kyrie Irving then would be my last guy, which makes an interesting. The Kyrie Irving Steph Curry backcourt isn't quite, by the way, Kyrie Irving and Clay Thompson stylistically, but it's not that bad. I mean, Kyrie can shoot the ball, can create. It's not as good defensively, but. Uh, you know, it's the All Star Game. So, is anybody actually playing defense before the final five minutes? If that, I, I have a question for you. Was Kyrie just the last on your board because of you know you already have Steph and just how you rate the other guys, or was it in part because you knew LeBron wasn't going to take him? So exactly. why, why jump up to take him at all? Actually, he was second to last. I I I had DeRozan a little slower, but I mean, I was kind of one of those six and one half dozen to the other. Like you said, when you get to the last few, I could have gone. Almost anywhere. I think, you know, Embiid, how good is he going to be? Can he play? Is there a minutes restriction on him in the All-Star game? <laughs> <laughs> he can only play 12 He's got to stay healthy until then. Yeah, exactly. No guarantee. And, uh, yeah, I'm like, all of a sudden I'm running through it. Like, who will be coaching? Who are the two coaches? Well, it can't be Stevens and Kerr because they did it last year. So it's probably D'Antoni and Dwayne Casey. I guess it'll be because um, it, it's Tyron Lue's not going to get up there. So um, D'Antoni can play. I would say D'Antoni likes to play a short rotation and overplay guys. So, you know, <laughs> if I could get him on the, uh, you know, we can, we can just run and beat out there for 35 or 40 minutes and get him some blocks and stuff. So. Yeah, but he's going to, he's going to run you and KD out there for so long. Too. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. I've got to have a talk with him. If he, if he's my coach, Casey's been around the block forever. I'm not, you know, although this would be his first all-star game as a coach, won't it? Didn't he get one? Already, I don't know. See, I'd have to go look that up. I don't. I don't know off the top of my head. That's a uh, that that's that would require some level of research that I'm just not going to do right now. Um, <laughs> so we'll move on now. That that's the starter pool. Now we're going on to the reserves and who we would have uh, picked for our reserves. Let's go by conference and and for people who don't know the coaches are the people, um, well, the coaches or their assistant coaches or somebody in media relations, but somebody with the team. <laughs> um, it, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's quite as bad as the uh, college football pools, which get good Lord who chooses those things sometimes down the staff list. But um, it, it's not quite that bad, but it's not always the head coach. You know, Greg Popovich isn't spending 45 minutes thinking about this. 
Um, it's a fairly quick decision. But anyway, they have to choose for e- there's seven reserves in each conference. You have to choose two front court. I'm sorry, two back court players, three front court players, and then there's two wild cards that you can do whatever you'd like with. Um, let's start with the not all that I, easy. A, Go ahead. I've got a question. I don't know if you know this. I have no idea. Do coaches only vote within their own conference? I don't know the answer to that. I, I don't know. That would make some sense. That's that's one of those things I'm almost curious enough to ask, but, but uh, I don't know that I would um, get a, a response back before. I, I, I'm going to send off a quick text and see. Um, I don't know if we would get a response back before the end of the... Um, um, I'll see if I can find it. The, I don't the end of the podcast, you're trying yeah, to stall? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm like trying to stall, while I, but I don't have my phone right next to me when I did this because I didn't want it to go off. Uh, well, so I'll, I'll talk. For, I'll talk for a second while you do that, which is my crotchety complaint. That yes, that probably made sense in years past, or at least made some sense. Now that we have captains picking the All Star teams, it's it's so dumb to still have it by conference. Yeah. We don't need the same number of All Stars in each conference, and you know we, we could just have the the uh, twenty six is what it should be. Now that active rosters are thirteen, but barring that, just the twenty four best players. And not worry about conferences, especially once the teams are getting split up. Like that's a relic of the old system. Yeah. All right. Well, I've sent off a quick text. I'll see if we'll see if we get a response back before the end of the podcast to that question. But uh, we move on to the reserves again: two backcourt, three frontcourt, two wild cards, and uh, we'll start with the East guards. Um, I, to me, this was relatively clear cut. Uh, I went Victor Oladipo was a borderline starter, so I've got him in there. And then I've got John Wall as the other as the other backcourt player. Yep, I'm in line with you. How many, how many guards do you have in the East? That's the challenge. I'm really I really struggled last night. I have three, and I'm probably four. I think, you know, I'm, I think I'm going to use both my wild card spots in the in the East on a guard. So I so I did too. So maybe we should just talk about okay. all of them together because okay. I, I did try and think about who I would if you had to choose who's the guard, who's the wild card, and how you prioritize that. Whereas these guys are all so close, like, I'm not going to bang my head over that. Yeah. Uh, so I've got Kyle Lowry, John Wall, Victor Oladipo, and then very, very narrowly, I have Kemba Walker over Bradley Beal. But that was a tough call. Um, yeah, I have Oladipo, Wall, uh, Bradley Beal, and then I have Kyle Lowry in there as, um, as well. That's it's Yeah, it, it's a really so, tough call. So Beal Walker is the uh, only yeah. one we disagree on. Yeah. Um, and I, I Kemba's Kemba's been fantastic this year. He really has been. I I, um, I think I'm I'm holding him back more for team reasons. Kyle Lowry has been part of one of the more and and it's not always fair in an All Star situation or just because that's not fair to Kemba Walker situation. But Lowry is part of second best team in the East so far and and the third and a key cog. And I don't I think. He deserves to go. He's had, a, I mean, plus he's had a really good season. Don't get me wrong, but um, it's to me. I think the team success gives him the little bump. I don't want to interrupt you talking about how good Lowry is because I have him too. It's it's Beal and uh, and Kemba that we we did oh, run. Beal. I left Beal okay. off, and I, I've got a good Kemba Walker stat. When Kemba Walker is on the floor by net rating, the Hornets are better than the Cavaliers are while <laughs> LeBron James is on the floor. Better than the Bucks are with Giannis Antetokounmpo on the floor. Better than the Pelicans are with Anthony Davis on the floor. Like the Hornets are really bad because of what happens when Kemba Walker sits down because they have bad backup point guards because they don't stagger enough 
and give those minutes to Nicholas Batum. I, I'm not blaming Kemba for that. And that, you know, it's still a close call. He's yeah. a borderline all-star. He was last year. He might have been the year before. Uh, but that's that's a big reason I give Kemba the edge. He's still the Hornets still look like a team that would have an all-star when he's on the court. Yeah, well, obviously they've got John Wall and they've got probably the one of the better starting fives. Um, I haven't I've run the number. I've looked at the you know plus minus numbers this year, but it was that way last year, and I'm sure it is again. Um, there's the starting five in Washington is really solid. They've gotten a little bit better bench play this year with Ubre and stuff. Um, um, and Tim Frazier sucking less than the last point guards they've had, but it, it's still uh, it's there's still a drop there. Uh, that said, I to me Beal has kind of earned it as he's he's really grown into, I think the role of 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 a quality two guard. I don't think playing next to John Wall is for everybody. So I think this is a good chance to to clarify how I view all stars because I do it a little differently than most people. I don't stress over who's had the best. 40-some-odd sample to date and pour over the numbers. Like, yeah. I think you would or should it for all NBA for the full season. Oh, yeah, no, that's... It's about who's the best player. Uh, because I think Bradley Beal has been the Wizards' best player so far this season. I think he's been better than John Wall. But I still have Wall in the All-Star team because I think he is a better player than Bradley Beal. Yeah, and I, I, I'm with you, by the way, on this. Like, I also, and I had... I. You know, I got a lot of crap from people. Like I said, I have had one of the media votes, and I I put it out on Twitter. And the one response I got was, "How can you have DeRozan over Oladipo?" And aside the fact that it's really pretty close statistically in a lot of other ways, to me, I to me, it, you're right. This is about who's the better player, who's got a body of work. Oladipo has been fantastic this year. He deserves to be an All Star, but DeRozan's done this for years. And it's sort of the same. And it's sort of the same thing here. I, I'm giving Beal some, not, although Walker's done it for years too. Um, I'm giving Beal some credit for the team's success, which, although I don't know, the two times I've seen them this year, they've been wretched. Like they've just come out partially because they were playing the beat up Clippers and then the Lakers, who were you know two not very good teams. And in both cases, they came out not caring, which has been one of their issues with below 500 teams for a while. They were awful, and I loved that Beal after the game was like, we can't keep doing this to bad teams. We can't keep coming out and just being flat-out terrible. We have to be a little more serious, but but you're right. I think he's been John Wall's equal or better, and I, like I said, I think he's really adapted to the role they've given him there. So I give him the nod, but I, if if Kemba gets in, that's really close. It's really good. So Who are your three – Then that we've each got three front-court players – um, and frankly, there are four guys I could have put there. So who do you have? Yeah, I was also with four. Uh, so I have Andre Drummond, Kevin Love, and Al Horford, the odd man out being Kristaps Porzingis, who is also in contention for that wild card spot yeah. with Kemba Walker and, and Bradley Beal. And I I had Horford and Drummond as well. I kept Porzingis in and bumped Love out. And I the debate I really had was, was Lowry and, and Love for a while. I went with Lowry, uh, but... It's hard to leave Love off that list. After that, there's a drop-off. I mean, you could make a case for Tobias Harris, I guess, or somebody farther down the list, but I, I think there's, there's a little bit of a drop there. But somebody is going to get somebody is going to get bumped out there. And I had Love. You had Porzingis earning the wrath of the entire state of New York. He has he's dropped. He had such a hot start. And yes. Like an all-star lock and maybe somebody who even gets MVP votes. Uh, he's dropped off. Yes, the he has. The physicality of the NBA gets to him he gets worn down he's still a very good player he's like a borderline all-star but he's just he's not quite sustaining it he's not the rebounder 
you'd hope he'd be at his size. He doesn't really pass. He doesn't look for his teammates. Like, these are okay things given his age, but that's not a handicap I give him when it comes to picking all-stars. Yeah, I, I will I will grant you that. And by the way, he he re- that's really become an issue. I think it's one of those, like, and it was something Phil Jackson was genuinely, I mean, Phil Jackson had his other issues going on, but he was <laughs> genuinely with, with them, but he was genuinely concerned about who, um, you know, who, who, or, I'm sorry, the durability of, of Porzingis over time. Was he going to be good enough? Was he going to be healthy enough over time? Um, or was he going to break down? And, and he's, like, you can say he's got to put on some more muscle and he's got to do this and that. And, I'm, look, he works out hard in the offseason, but they've got to find a way to get him more durable, even if that's cutting back some minutes during the season, because he's they've got to find a way to have him not fade, which has become a thing. Trading him because he skipped his exit meeting would have been oh, ridiculous. Yeah. But shopping him because his stock was very high and maybe that was the right time to sell on him, that wasn't so bad. Like, Phil Jackson got killed for listening to offers. And in the context, there are a lot of disturbing things of why Phil Jackson might have been doing that. That's a little different. But just the principle of, of listening to offers and seeing what's there, it made sense. Yeah, and I, I would agree, although I think the other factor that Phil ignored and the, you, you just can't, and this is this comes, frankly, you, you see it right now in Memphis, it comes into play with Kemba Walker um, in, in, in Charlotte as well, if you're talking about trading him. Boy, he is the face of the franchise right now. Like uh-huh. everybody in New York has picked Kristaps Porzingis as the savior, and if you trade him, you can't just do it for picks. Like you, you got to bring back something of of real genuine value because yep. you're talking about. I mean, we are still talking about an, an all star level player. You know, we're talking about whether he's in or out on the bubble. We're talking about a guy of that level and the face, a young face of the franchise. If you are going to talk about trading him, you better you better bring it. You better you better get real value back. And I don't know that the Knicks would have done that. So, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, to me, again, it's just the idea of of looking around, seeing what's there. If nothing is the type of deal you're talking about, don't trade him. Yeah. All right. Well, that was fun. Now let's move on to the brutal side of it. Um, <laughs> The, the West is just overloaded with talent, and if, if you were drawing from one big pool, a couple of those guys in the East would have gotten bumped for a couple of guys in the West right now. Um, so let's talk about who, who would be in or out for you, and let's start with the front court. Um, I'll tell you that my my three front court picks were, I think, I, I, look, I had LaMarcus Aldridge on my starting group, so obviously he is at the top of my list for the top of the reserves, and he deserves to be there. He's been fantastic for the Spurs. My other two are Draymond Green and Carl uh, Anthony Towns. Yep, I'm, I'm 100% with you. Those are my picks. Is that, does that mean you have four guards in the West also? I do have four guards in the West, and, and that leaves Paul George on the outside looking in, and that bothers me. Yeah, that was a, uh, that was a tough one. Uh, He's, he's right there, but I, I just, Towns was somebody who I was more on the edge of, and just lately, he, his play has ascended throughout this season. He's figuring things out defensively. It seems like he's a little more involved offensively, which probably wasn't his fault, but it affected a little bit of, of how things were going. Uh, just better and better, and I, yeah. you know, by the time the All-Star game comes around, he might be an absolute no-brainer pick. Yeah, and by the way, his, uh, we've talked about this before. His biggest weakness, obviously, was defensive focus and caring, but also just 
not he was just not engaged on that and and since I don't know the first of the year give or take when they told him hey go start blocking everything take charge it was an interesting note out of uh, Zach Lowe's uh, podcast with uh, Jim Peterson the broadcaster for the uh, for the fantastic broadcast for the Timberwolves were you with me on this Timberwolves probably the best of the league pass like out of town broadcast guys. Uh, if they're not the best, they're right up there. I'd have to think through every team, but yeah, they're right up there. I mean, they're so good. And so we had Peterson on, and Peterson said that they told Towns to start, go block everything. We, I don't care if it takes you out of position. I don't care if you leave your guy. And that engaged him. And now he's picking his spots better. He's not just chasing everything, but it got him engaged on that end, and he's making smarter decisions. He's been a better defender, and that's brought help. That's helped key their defense coming back around, along with some health and some other issues coming around for them. They've that to me was the big missing piece for him as an All NBA type guy, not not just an All Star, and he's been great. So, yeah, it was an. I don't. I, I, to me, I can't put Paul George ahead of any of those three, but I hate leaving him off because he's he's had a really nice year. And he's a defensive player of the year. Candidate yep. finding his way again offensively with, with Draymond Green. He, he hasn't seemed to have the same impact this year as he usually does. Did that give you any pause of including him? A little. Uh, he, he hasn't been his same self, but when I was looking at the other options, I still think the, his impact is still there, um, and not just picking up technicals. He, his, his impact has been there in terms of scoring him when they've needed him as well. So I, to me, and we're back to the, I think you get some, bump for your body of work and, and, and the credentials for the team you play on. And obviously Green's on a winning team and has done this for years. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. It's it's kind of where we pick more based on how good is that player or not. How good has he been over the short sample of 40-some games? Yes, exactly. And by the way, as you said earlier, you know, I had the All-NBA vote last year and votes on everything, but sweated the heck out of some of that stuff. And it really, to me, All-NBA is about that year. It's about that season. I'm not going. To, I'm not going to give you credit for previous bits of work, you know, um, and, and that, that applies here to a degree. It's not like we're putting uh, Kawhi Leonard on the team um, or something, you know, who's a clear and obvious All Star most years, but not this year. So we're down to well, on well, Kawhi. One, I thought about it because of the, the way I did, but he also hasn't been that effective. Like this has been yeah. a nagging injury. Like I just don't think he's quite on that level. And two. Thank God he's not an all-star this year because this is hard enough without him. Exactly. Now we're really leaving people off. Um, so that brings us, we both have four guards out in the West. I I can guarantee it, I, that two of us, we're on the exact same page with two of them, uh, Russell Westbrook and Jimmy Butler. Yep, absolutely. And, and I have one other one who I feel really good about including, uh, and that's Chris Paul. Like I think he definitely belongs as the fourth one where it was real tough. Yeah, and that's this is where it gets tough for me because I've got... I, I originally, and I posted this this morning on uh, the three things of guys I had, and I didn't have Chris Paul in there, and I've kind of been honestly rethinking the four I had since this morning because it's that close. And I, I was like, how am I leaving Chris Paul out with how he did when Harden was out? Um, which, look, the team wasn't as good, but he was fantastic. By the way, that little, we are talking about Carl Towns' defense. Did you catch the little bit between those two last night where um, – Chris Paul just puts on an absolute dribbling clinic out on the perimeter in the corner, out at the out at the arc with Towns on him, and Towns stays with him. Then creates finally, Chris Paul creates a little space, starts to drive across the lane. Jimmy Butler does a really nice job slipping back off his guy and kind of cutting that off. And, and when he pulls back out, 
Towns is right with him and never lets him get off a good shot. It was really both good team defense and showed that how much Towns can just move his feet on the perimeter and can stick with people. It was really impressive. But it also showed off that Chris Paul, like if he hadn't been an NBA player, could have like made a great living with the Globetrotters as a dribbling specialist because, <laughs> geez, he is impressive. Um, yeah, Chris Paul is in there. I mean, who else do you have in the uh, – who do, who is your other two? Uh, so, so the four would be uh, Westbrook. Chris Paul, Jimmy Butler, and the last spot I gave to Damian Lillard. Uh, so it's a wild card spot, so it could be over anybody. And I, it was a really tough to leave off Nikola Jokic. Uh, and Paul George wasn't too far behind, but Jokic was the one I, I really sweated. But I, I gave the very slightest edge to Lillard. Who do you have? I, I actually I, I put Clay in there. Um, but um, I yeah. Um, but I, here's the one that killed me. And I had him this morning. I had no Chris Paul, and I had Lou Williams in there. Um, that's a guy who's, I mean, yeah, he's done it for years, but he carried a Clippers team for most of the season and has played at an all-star level. Um, and to do that, again, left out, I got plenty of it from Blazers fans on Twitter about leaving Lillard out, and I nobody felt good about that. Like, <laughs> Lillard has been 25 points a game, um, dishing out six-plus assists a night, just being Damian Lillard. And by the way, his defense has gotten better. Um, he's not exactly locked down, but they're playing better defense and he's playing better defense up there in, in Portland. The whole thing is, you know, between Clay Thompson, Chris Paul, Lou Williams, Damian Lillard, and you can only take two. I mean, you're leaving out really good players. Yeah. I mean, uh, and Jokic, by the, and by the way, Jokic, your, your right Jokic there. point was really, we didn't even discuss him with guys left off at forward front court. He was right there for me too. I, like Jokic yeah. has been phenomenal this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I know he he could have made it. He was right in the mix with those guys. Uh, Lillard, the, I guess, with Lillard and somebody like Lou Williams, this is the thought exercise I like to use. Imagine a completely average team, average starting point guard, average starting shooting guard, all the way down, average sixth man, average seventh man, all the way down, and sub in the, those guys on that team. So you either have that completely average team with Lou Williams. Or that completely average team with Damian Lillard. Which of those teams do you think is better? I think it's pretty clearly Damian Lillard. At least that's what I've got to say right now. Lou Williams is coming off an awesome hot stretch, playing very well at a time the Clippers needed him. But we've seen him over his whole career. He's like capable of getting hot for extended stretches. I think he's an underrated player overall. But that's not quite all-star level just because he happened to put it together at the right time. We kind of know who he is. And even if he's legitimately improved... I'm not convinced of that, and and it's just not enough for me to say he's better than Damian Lillard or somebody of that ilk. Yeah, but I will also say that when you're talking about Clay Thompson and Lou Williams versus Lillard, Thompson and Williams are both far more efficient. Lillard is still, I mean, part of the nature of their offense, but yeah, he gets a lot of points, but he, he's not the most efficient shooter from three or inside the arc. He takes a lot of shots to get his points. Um, he's got to create shots for everybody. I get that, and I don't. I don't mean this in a demeaning way, but if you're going to count efficiency into it, then Thompson and Williams have to get a, a nudge there. For sure, uh, Clay Thompson plays with three other yeah. stars who take up. I think there's a reason Thompson's so efficient, uh, and I, I just you know I think Lillard is a, a little better. There's so much put on to to Lillard that's not in Thompson, that there has been put onto Lou Williams lately. Yeah. It's just not a long enough stretch to convince me that it's more than a hot streak. It might be. It might be legitimate improvement. He might deserve to be an all-star. 
I'm just not willing to go that far from what I've seen. All right, so Clay Thompson is a, not this coming summer, but a free agent in two summers. Um, Warriors are talking about keeping him, and he's talking about taking possibly discounts to stay already. We're going to ignore all that. If you were a team looking for a star player, would you go after him? I'll tell you what team is going to go after him. At least would if I was still in charge. And that's LeBron's all-star team. I know LeBron <laughs> and Draymond are friends, but I want to get Klay Thompson away from the other Warriors. I want, And I'm going to pass him the ball and let him work and let him cook and let him experience being that go-to player and see if he likes it. Because that, that's like the chance. He hasn't really experienced that. He hasn't been that player in the NBA. But this could be an opportunity. And if I'm another team, absolutely I'd be going after him. So what you're saying is LeBron and Klay Thompson are going to team up with the Lakers in two years to form an, a super team oh. with with Brandon Ingram and, and Lonzo Ball. And of course... LeBron, LeBron and Klay Thompson would be some nice compliments to Lonzo actually, Ball. Actually, that would be a really good... Those three together would be really good, uh, really interesting together. And I don't think they need DeMarcus... They talk about... I, look, again, I don't think DeMarcus Cousins leaves New Orleans, but... If you've got, a, and it's not just, I would say the same thing about a lot of teams with young rosters. Do you really want to bring DeMarcus Cousins into that mix? Is that the tone and work ethic? I mean, actually, work ethic's not the thing to say about him because he does put in the work, but I don't know. I don't know if that's the guy you want. I agree with that, and that's a reason, you know, he got voted a starter, so we didn't talk about him really in this reserve section. Yeah. But that's a reason, you know, he's putting up great numbers, but those are all reasons, like, I think that contributes to his value, and I, I guess I'm kind of glad I didn't have to decide on him whether he should get an all-star spot, because I don't know what I would have done. He's such a complex case, because he's very productive at times, but his effort wanes, his attitude yeah. uh, get sometimes poor, that can be contagious. He, like, he brings a lot of positives, but also a lot of negatives, in a yeah. way that I don't think there's anybody else in the league anywhere close to that. Yeah, and I think it's funny because I've I've seen people really touting Cousins even over Anthony Davis. I'm like, I think you're just looking at the raw numbers because if you watch them play, to me it's pretty evident that Davis is far more crucial to what they do at both ends of the floor. And Davis really pretty much brings it almost every night. Like Davis, Davis is a top five NBA player and plays like a top five NBA player. Um, when he's not hurt with some little yes, knickknack yes. injury that yeah, I'm not saying they're not real injuries and don't shouldn't really keep him out. Uh, but he does seem very susceptible to those, which also should matter. It does. I like we've discussed before in our last podcast when he gets to your MVP and All NBA, like how much you play and durability matters. Like how many games you're in matters. It doesn't matter as much to me for All Star. And, and look, we've got Steph Curry in there, and he's missed like what 15 games already this season. You know, um, we're still putting him in because he's Steph Curry, and it's this. That's you know, it's the All Star game, but that does impact when you get to All-NBA and, and MVP-type voting, like how much does he play? How many how many possessions does this guy impact? Yep, 100% with you. Like, I don't care that Curry missed the games. I care that Kawhi Leonard is not playing well as a result of an injury. Uh, you know, if he yeah. missed a bunch and then came back and was full-force Kawhi, I'd probably put him in the game. He's not full-force Kawhi, though, so he doesn't belong in. But the fact that Curry missed games earlier in the year, because he's now killing it, absolutely killing it, I don't care at all about this game. All right, so now that we've solved the uh, Western Conference All-Star seedings, we can pretty much solve anything. We'll be on to Middle East Peace next podcast. Um, 
Thanks a lot to Dan Feldman. You can find him his work at NBC Sports and uh, at Dan Feldman NBA on Twitter. I'm Kurt Heelan at Basketball Talk on Twitter and, of course, also at NBC Sports. Thank you for listening. We will be back next week with another Pro Basketball Talk podcast. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.